Beyond Synth 373. You're listening to Beyond Synth Radio. B008.5. Up next, Andy Last has fun chats with awesome synthwave artists. It's time for Beyond Synth. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, and today I'm going to be chatting with Griff. Griff has made some cool tunes, and we are going to listen to them and chat with him. But first, I got some things to say. We have to uh, thank some new patrons, benefactors of Beyond Synth. Am I using that word correctly? So look, you know, Beyond Synth is uh, the best synthwave chat show there is, and we do a bunch of different kind of shows here, you know? We do the, the Marco and Andy Power Hour. We just had a wacky chiptune episode. Trivia time. We got the roundtable with uh, Michael Oakley and Florence and Marco and uh, various other things. And uh, if you enjoy what you're listening here, you can support the show on Patreon and PayPal. Like these awesome people, we got a new uh, PayPal whose name is Valter. Am I saying that correct? V-A-L-T-E-R. That's an interesting name, Valter. Anyways, man, thank you for your support. You are cool. And we couldn't make the show without people like you. And we got an awesome new patron here in the uh, the five pound oh one club. I don't know what that translates to into U.S. dollars, but that's what it will be listed as when I update the Patreon banner on the YouTube versions. Uh, we got Lucky Thirteen. Thank you, Lucky Thirteen, for your support. And they've sent a message. It says, "Just found your hilarious show. You crack me up. No, literally, you crack me up. I've got a big scab on my lip, and it cracks open when I laugh. Please stop being so funny, you synthwave lip assassin. By the way, if you like Doctor Who, there is a Doctor Who PS4 VR game. So cash in those Patreon mega pennies. Kick your son off the PS4 and get playing. Well, I want to thank you for your support, although you are a little out of date. So perhaps you're listening to old episodes, Lucky 13, because uh, I no longer own a PS4. I sold it. And I sold the VR too. I sold it all. But to one of these days I might uh, get the PS5 VR. I'm just a little wary because I am one of those people who gets motion sick and I feel really weird dropping like 800 Canadian dollars on a device that I might not be able to use because it'll make me sick. But I can always cure my Doctor Who fix when it returns to our screens this fall. And we got another new patron here, Tiber83, who has joined the Knights of Synth. These are the top tier donors, the top tier benefactors. I'm going to say it again, even though I think I'm using that word incorrectly, or maybe I'm not, who knows, Tiber83 is obviously a cool person, and thank you very much for your support, and Tiber83 is also sentimental, look, everyone's sending messages, man, we gotta talk to Griff, damn it, but I will read this message, because obviously I appreciate your support, and the least I can do is read this, well, technically the least I could do is nothing, right, so I could... (laughs) 
Although it might seem like I am doing nothing, because uh, these episodes seem to be a few days late every time. But look, I'm a busy bee. Got things going on. Tiber83 says, Hi, Andy. What's up, dude? Long-time listener, first-time caller, subscriber. I've turned into your shows for about the last year like a freeloading bum. But things have gotten better for me recently, so I've decided to subscribe to your highest tier to repay you for all the awesomeness you've bestowed upon the synthwave scene. That might change down the the road due to the things I have to unexpectedly pay for, car, house, pets, wife, but for now, I'm happy to be a knight of synth. I love your new format, Power Hour with Marco is fantastic, sup Marco, and I love the banter between you two. Maybe I should read this to Marco. Uh, and I love the banter between you two, the best duo since Crockett and Tubbs. The trivia show is also a blast, and of course your interviews with artists are always insightful and fun. I found so much new music through your show, and in turn it gets them more publicity, so that's cool. Anyway, I write too much. Keep being awesome, Andy. Thanks for all you do. Well, thank you, Tiber83, for being uh, an awesome Patreon supporter. And uh, you know what? I have a few more letters to read, but guess what? This segment's going on too long. we got to listen to some music, and we got to go chat with Griff. So I will uh, save some of these for when I do the Power Hour, which seems weird because I'm probably going to have to read that letter again because, you know, when you give Marco a compliment, i got to read him the compliment. It's called Paying It Forward, motherfuckers. So look, we're going to uh, listen to a song. This is uh, one of Griff's latest. It's actually a collaboration with Yate, who uh, is going to be on the show in a few weeks. And uh, Yate is a cool guy as well. He uh, actually provides some of the voices for some of the fake commercials and some of the other silly things we've done. And obviously a very talented guy. So this is them working together. So we're going to listen to The Journey featuring Yate by uh, by Griff and Yate. And then when the song is done, I will be chatting with Griff. So this is The Journey by Griff and Yate.
Gates. Well, I am here right now with Griff. How's it going, man? Good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's uh, it's morning here in Australia, which I think is opposite to Canada. So I'm I'm loving it. It's good. Got my coffee. Went for a walk this morning. So yeah, I'm very chipper. Nice. Is that part of your regular routine? I try to go. Uh, yeah, I try to do some like fitness or go to the gym every day. So you know, try to keep the the, the bod tight. <laughs> yeah, I wish I I could do that. All I do is complain. About how uh, out of shape I am, but then I do nothing to rectify that situation. Yeah, okay. Um, you could always. I mean, like complaining burns calories, so I guess you could. Fuck, just, I you wish know, you could justify it. Yeah. Oh my god, you just complain harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to, I need to go watch the Last Jedi again. <laughs> I complained about that thing for like two years, so I feel if I put that back on, maybe I can lose some weight. Oh, I I know that we're like we didn't record it, but we're just talking about the complaining about Star Wars. But yeah, I remember watching the Last Jedi, and like so, as someone who doesn't really get Star Wars, it was kind of like you watched like four, five, and six, and you loved it because you kind of got it, and then you watched. The Last Jedi, and you just have no idea what they're doing with this now. Like, they promoted the movie in Fortnite, like, to wrap up the story or something. <laughs> if Can you can, you can remember this, right? Um, well, cause, uh, yes, I do, but because my son plays. I don't play Fortnite, okay. but yeah. I know they had these events. That's one of the things I don't <laughs> understand about these new games. There's, like, content you buy that you don't use forever. Like, Fortnite confuses yeah. me, because my son will be like, it'll be like three years ago, and like, look, and he's playing as Mandalorian. It's like, oh, it's a character I unlocked with fucking V-Bucks or whatever. But then it's like, when the season's over, you don't get to keep that. Really? I, I didn't know that. Because they do, like, these seasons, and then they just bring in new oh. characters. And then it's like, oh, this season you can play as Optimus Prime, and, oh, yeah. and these sorts of characters, and then... Half the time, my son just always plays as a fucking banana. <laughs> They've just, like, wasted their money. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, their money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> my money. <laughs> Your money. Yeah, yeah. I'm the one who has like, to buy the fucking 200, V-Bucks. 200 cyber bucks to, yeah. like, be a banana. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I'm sure, like, every time a new season comes out, you're just like, no, please no. Please do not have some sort of, like, viral dumb thing. Well, what a fucking con. Like, I just... This is where I feel <sighs> old. It's just good. It's good. It's good. It's, like, good marketing. Like, I, like you can hate it, but, like, they've got a chokehold on, like, all this stuff, you know? Like, and especially, like, the amount of money they must have to just license all these things. Like, anytime something new comes out, they're just like, oh, uh, you can be, you know, Miles Morales, like, from the new Spider-Man movie. Here you go. That, that'll be 500 uh, cyber. cyber dollars or whatever <laughs> i wish it was only 500 cyber dollars <laughs> what sucks is everything now on the internet is just based on all of us are just addicted to stuff like if you're some kid that grew up with Fortnite, now they've got that uh was it fomo you know the the fear of missing out so that's what their whole business model is based on is like all these kids are like they're just addicted to this game and then every two months they go like well it's a new season now and like everything's reset and and then they make a big deal of like bringing items back yeah it's such a fucking con it's like again that's why i feel old because i'm like remember back in my day when a game would come out and then you would just have the game and then that was it and then now there's like there is no game it's just this ever-changing thing where they're like oh they brought back shotguns from fucking season two i'm like they took them away yeah what kind of fucking shitty game takes stuff away (laughs) like fuck you fortnite (laughs) anyway listen (laughs) We're we're here to talk oh, about we're, we're complaining again. We just like that's all we do. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love to. If anyone ever wonders what conversations go on when we're not recording, it's the exact same conversations because we just talked for 45 minutes about Star Wars and st- <laughs> like I never hit record. And then uh, the second we record, it just goes right back into it. But listen. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about uh, Griff. I don't do research. Okay. All I do is listen to the music. Cool. And I know very little about uh, people. So what is your deal, man? What is my deal, man? Um, I've been doing music for ages, and then I discovered Synthwave, I think from like Hotline Miami and stuff like that. That's right. I played Far Cry Blood Dragon. And the that was like Power Glove that did the soundtrack to that. And I was like, oh, this music's kind of cool. It's kind of retro. It's kind of 80s. I love 80s stuff. And then I was getting into electronic music. And then from there, it just it was just this thing where on the internet, uh, retro wave and synth wave was this. It was kind of like the cool internet you know genre thing where you had tons of youtube playlists and it was kind of like everywhere and like art styles and then yeah it kind of just went from there i just like made a song and submitted it to like places and people liked it and i was like okay i guess i can do synthwave now and then um (laughs) i got lost in the source i got lost in the source so yeah what year is blood dragon let me have a look it is have a guess have a guess 24 16? 15. Ooh, earlier. What? 2013. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah, 2013. Interesting. I mean, like, I I guess that makes sense. Yeah. That feels weird to me. Why? Did you think it was early? Like, Synthwave's been around for ages. Like, I guess, you know, the whole thingy of that. When did, like, when did Kung Fury come out? Ooh, Kung Fury's 2015. Nice, correct. Yeah, you got that one. Ten uh, points. Yes. Ten points to Andy. <laughs> and Drive um, is 2011. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. See, like, Drive's 2011, so, like, I guess that's, like, the, the big one, right? The big one that kind of... Yeah, I think it, it's, again, w- one of these days i got to put together some, like, official synthwave timeline because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not, like, a historian of it. I just like it. And yeah, yeah. I know people were making it, you know, in, like, the... 2010s and 2011s before it was called Synthwave and then Drive excited a lot of people but I don't think it was a scene like I think it it didn't become a scene until there was at least like a few hundred people in the synthetics forum and that was more 2013-ish kind of zone you know maybe like late 2012 or whatever I started doing this show yeah or I started recording it halfway through 2013 and started airing them in August of 2013 and then it sort of Hey, whatever. What, what, listen, listen, man. This show's about Griff. This show's not about oh. me. Synthwave history. It could be. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind to talk about that. Well, look. Well, <laughs> yeah. how about this? Let's play some Griff. Okay. And then we'll keep chatting. So we're gonna go back in time here. This is appropriate. We're already back in time. We're going to the year 2016. Now, this oh. I don't know who this is. This other you have this song called Night Drive. Oh yeah. Featuring, I like to go through people's musical history, by the way, just so we're yeah. clear. No, it's cool. It's cool. Featuring Capano? Who is that? Cap- yeah, Capano. Capano. I haven't talked to Capano in ages. I'm going to like, I have to like reach out to her. This is uh, an artist I was working with. Actually, I, I, so I uploaded, um, I uploaded Night Drive to SoundCloud like ages ago. And this cool like alternative like chick just like hit me up on um, SoundCloud. I was like, hey, hope you don't mind, but I've recorded lyrics to this song and just thought, you know, you might want to listen to it. And because I was like brand new, I listened to this. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Someone's like 
done their own lyrics to a song I made. This is insane. And um, listen to it. It was really good. Like her singing voice is amazing. Her like pitch control in real life was just dope. And then we got together. We like did some shows together. And then I said, oh, let's, um, you know what, let's let's take this to a studio and we'll like, re- we'll like release it together. So, yeah. So does she say Capano then? I think it's Capano. I think I've always said Capano. I think that's the Aussie, the Aussie inflection on it. All right. Well, let's listen to it and then we'll keep chatting. Yeah. This is... Uh, This is Griff with the track Night Drive featuring Capano.
that was Griff with Night Drive featuring Capano. That's all the way back in 2016. I'm here with Griff right now. Griff is an alias. It is. It is an <laughs> alias. I like it. Sorry, I thought you were going to like explain something nope. else. Nope. Uh, it is an alias, yes. I think artists with like different names, I think it's cool. I think, you know, because I guess when I do like music or I go on stage and do a show, it's like, sure, it's me, but it's like a different part of me. And it's a cool little character you can do things with. So, yeah, that's how I generally like to think about it anyway. Do you have contemporaries that don't know that you are Griff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I do that. Like it's yeah, like a moonlighty thing where, you know, some people who don't know I do Griff stuff like, you know, they have no idea. It never comes up or someone will be like, oh, you know, like, you know, Griff's got a show on tonight. And they're like, what? Griff? Who's Griff? And then like, they'll be like, oh, dude, I didn't know you did music. And I don't know. It's just one of those things where I don't really like talk about it or put it out there or anything like that. When you started, you were sort of making some instrumental tracks, but then you also feature on like a bunch of people's stuff. So like... Did you also have an interest in singing as well? Or was that something that came later? Or what was the... Yeah, yeah. I think so. I've been in like rock bands before. So it was always like singing and playing guitar and stuff like that. And then I started just testing out, hey, what if I did like singing stuff for Synthwave? And yeah, it kind of worked. It kind of like translated really well, like rock sensibilities kind of translate to that 80s sort of like synthwave music style so so yeah i just started singing so like you know ace buchanan we did like a team sweat wave thing with a bunch of artists that was cool yeah just started doing a lot of like vocals for people there was like a period where i didn't even write my own stuff i was just like doing vocal stuff because it was easy and my microphone setup was there and i was just like answering people's emails or dms and just singing on whatever i could whatever i found cool and weird and exciting what, what were some of the names of your bands that you were in oh god it was so long ago <laughs> i was in like high school bands mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it was a band called oh, i think it was like glycerin or something <laughs> terrible it was cool it was it was kind of like indie indie rock stuff but it was like when i was 15 or 16 so yeah always like asking because like everyone it, it's never it's always a silly thing <laughs> like whenever i ask this question very rarely do people come in and like have like actually my high school band name was actually really cool you know <laughs> yeah yeah it was one of those things where like you make a high school band name and you go like yeah that's sick and then you grow up and you look back at your stuff and you're like what were we on like why did we think this is cool but i guess like your 15 year old mind is way different to your you know what though old mind. it's good to get that stuff out because i feel like if you don't then you just end up doing that stuff when you're older yeah and then it's sillier because i know i agree i went to like a film school and i in high school i I like to make little movies and stuff yeah and i made this pretentious fucking black and white it was inspired by like david lynch kind of weird dream like movie stuff okay I'm in, I'm in, yeah. So I made this thing in high school. Now, when I go back, it's like my dad's favorite thing I've ever made, but when I watch it now, it's embarrassing. But the point is, I got that out of my system in high school because I feel like when, when like with filmmakers, there is this sort of, um, there is a, not true, trajectory is not the word I'm looking for. There's like, there's just sort of, there's like things you got to go through before you get to like the next step or whatever. And phase one is... You're in film school, so you make some pretentious fucking art house <laughs> thing. Yeah. 
like some Brisson like thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, and I actually had a buddy who his final end of the year project was making fun of those projects. Oh, really? And it was like it was funny because. You know, I was in a class of like 70 people. So there's like 70 of these like, you know, short little five minute movies. And then his was making fun of those tropes. And then there was so many others we had to watch before and after his that were those things he was making fun of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, my point is that I I got that out of my system. So when I got to when I was in film school, I didn't have the urge to make something pretentious. Yeah, I was like, I just want to make a fun little movie you know what i mean i just want to make something that people will enjoy watching that's like whatever it was very cringy watching like some of the other people's fucking art stuff so my point is that you know you have a silly band rock band in high school with a silly name do it in high school so then you don't end up being like that fucking 35 year old guy who like starts a band with his buddies and then you call yourselves glycerin and make shitty music yeah you know it's good to do it when you're young yeah 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 i i totally agree and sometimes you can see that sometimes like people don't go through that phase of I guess like being cringe we'll say cringe but like I like to embrace the cringe sometimes uh yeah you go through that stage so you kind of get it all out of your system or test it's like testing it you know like because no one's going to tell you no one's going to sit you down and go hey you need to do these things to make your music good like people like you can get advice but like unless you really do it and then reflect back on it like that's that's worth like it's weight in gold I think yeah I mean for me personally I don't think any lesson I've ever learned was ever because someone told me something you see it sucks because sometimes there's like very basic life lessons like don't touch that thing because it's hot and then sometimes you just got to get burned to really know. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is uh, <laughs> the other day I just uh, touched the stove and people have been telling me for years, like, don't touch the stove, it's hot. I'm like, fuck you. And I just slammed my hand right down on there. And, and you got burnt. Yeah, there and I learned go. a valuable lesson that day. Now you're experiencing growth. Yeah, I am. And the, the skin on my hand is growing back, which is nice. <laughs> Did you actually burn your hand? No, no, no. I <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, this is just an allegory. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Al- allegory? Anecdote? Hang on. Um, uh, metaphor? Metaphor? Uh, allegory. Is it an allegory? Hold on. Allegory. There's diff- There's like a- There's like differences between them. Okay, so hold on here. Define allegory. Let's see what ChatGPT has to say about this. Oh, I, I was actually using ChatGPT as well. I believe you meant allegory. Oh, because I spelled it wrong. Oh. An allegory is a literary, dramatic, or pictorial device in which characters and events stand for abstract ideas, principles, or forces so that the narrative's literal level has or suggests <laughs> parallel or symbolic resonances. All right, so, oh, right, okay. I don't think it was an allegory. No, it wasn't an allegory. <laughs> it, w- it would have been an allegory. It wasn't as yeah, if I told the story of the fox who, uh, the yeah, fox slammed, burnt his hand on the, the, down on the oven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been, yeah. Oh, no, there's also, like, different, there's, like, a fable, a parable. What the hell? Wait, parables and allegories are the same, aren't they? Isn't that similar? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't well, know. I tell you who does parable. know. Chat GPT. Okay. <laughs> a par- here we go. A parable is a succinct didactic story in prose or verse that illustrates one or more instructive lessons or principles. Oh, oh maybe that... No, no, because you need kind of like characters, not just like I put my hand on the oven. Okay, hold on here. What is the difference between an allegory and a parable? Both allegory and parable are narrative forms that... Shut up. Just tell me the difference. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like fuck. It's like when you go online to look for a recipe and somebody fucking tells you their life story before they fucking yeah. So the primary difference lies in their complexity, length, and explicitness of their symbolic meaning. Parables are typically shorter, simpler, and more direct, while allegories are often more intricate, extended, and can require deeper interpretation. Does that help you? Uh yes. We'll say yes. Okay. I'm 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 learning some stuff. I'm writing notes down. <laughs> This will be in the exam at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I'll ask ChatGPT at the end. To like, can you summarize all the things we talked about in this podcast into a <laughs> into a quiz? Yeah. Listen, you mentioned it earlier, but let's listen to one of these songs that you featured on. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a, a fun track called "Never Surrender" by Ace Buchanan oh, that you were a part of. Yes. So let's listen to that, and then we'll uh, we'll keep chatting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this is "Never Surrender." by Ace Buchanan featuring Griff.
And that was Never Surrender featuring Griff by Ace Buchanan. And today, I am chatting with Griff all the way in Australia. G'day, mate. Rolling yeah. out a shrimp on the barbie. That's right. Give me some more. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go down to the servo. What's the servo? I don't know that one. Oh, it's like it's what we call like a fuel station or a gas station. Interesting. Yeah. Because like, it's like a service station, but we just call them servos. <laughs> I was watching these clips. Uh, I, I have no idea of this character's political affiliation, but you know, there's that clip of that one Australian politician who he does this quick change where he's like, they're talking about like gay marriage. Oh, um, yeah. Who's, yeah, the, who's I, that? Oh, that, that, that clip is awesome. Oh, a thousand blossoms bloom. Yeah, yeah. A thousand yeah, blossoms yeah, yeah. bloom. But I don't want to talk about it because every, every, every three months someone gets eaten by an alligator. By a yeah, yeah. <laughs> a crocodile. <laughs> oh, 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 hang on, hang on. Bob Catter? Bob Catter. Yeah. Yes, that, that clip yeah. is awesome. I fucking it's, love that it's clip. fantastic. I mean, you know, people are entitled to their sexual proclivities. You know, I mean, let there be a thousand blossoms bloom as far as I'm concerned. You know, but I ain't spending any time on it because in the meantime, every three months, a person is torn to pieces by a crocodile in North Queensland. He has he has a lot of bizarre rants about a lot of different things it's like his like thought process just changes and it's incredible yeah. <laughs> that one is so awesome just that <laughs> but i don't want to spend any time on it because <laughs> i've spent t- any more time on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's torn to pieces by a crocodile in north queensland yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's always like yeah i'm guessing you've seen the edits where it's like the oblivion music the oblivion battle music changes and stuff mm. like that no i've never <laughs> seen any i've never i've only seen just the clip or it's oh yeah, i think it's oh, yeah. taken from an australian news program because then it cuts back to the hosts and they laugh about it right yeah yeah that's fair enough yeah i'll i'll send you the the, the clip of like the oblivion like ambient music when you're just walking around and then like when he changes like but i'm not spending any more time on it like <laughs> cuts to the battle music of like when like there's enemies around yeah I'll, I'll have to send it. <laughs> I just, like, I never know how political systems work in other countries. So, like, I have no idea, yeah, like, yeah. what this guy stands for. You know, like, if he could be, like, a complete asshole. Oh. But that doesn't stop, <laughs> like, this clip from being amazing. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where Bob Cutter sits. But, hey, he said, let there be a thousand blossoms bloom. <laughs> so, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> he's concerned about crocodile attacks. And that's something, that's a platform that I can get behind. Wasn't there? I swear there was another Australian politician as well. And this, wasn't his whole that he would like chug a beer if like they 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 caught him at like in public or whatever he would like uh he would chug beer oh, yeah yeah bob hawk yeah are they all called bob uh yeah all australian politicians are named bob <laughs> um yeah anyway we don't need to talk about this let's talk about <laughs> making cool music so Sure. During this time when you were doing like featurings, because I, I the next thing we're gonna play because we're gonna get into that EP you did with Moon Raccoon. Oh, cool! Yeah. Oh, this is so cool. This is like a weird, like retroactive revisiting of stuff I've haven't heard in like ages. Yeah. This, cool. is this, is, this is your life for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so when you were doing those sorts of things, were you doing any uh, instrumentation or stuff like that, or were you purely just on vocal duty and like songwriting? Like, what was the deal? 
even like for the Ace Buchanan track that we just listened to, there was like, I wanted to play guitar because like the second verse, I was like, oh, dude, I think it'd be cool to do like a guitar bit in here. And then like I like sent that to him and he was like, oh yeah, this is actually really good. Yeah, good idea. So then we did that. And then, yeah, same thing as any sort of vocals that I do on tracks. If I have like a suggestion, I will politely be like, hey, this would be cool if we did this here. When Moon Raccoon sent the songs to me, I was like, oh, this is cool. We like talked about different ways we could make verses better or, you know, the concept of getting to the chorus faster in songs like yeah it's kind of just a two-way street when it comes to that there hasn't been anyone that i've worked with where they're just like riff i want you to sing these lyrics and that's it and don't do anything else i've never had an experience like that it's always been a collaboration in every sense of the word when you collaborate with people do you tell them your real name yeah i mean like, yeah i guess you have to do it for like <laughs> contracts and stuff i'm yeah. sorry <laughs> there's part of me that always likes teasing people who just are their alias <laughs> i get I yeah why. i mean like if you if you just looked at one of the credits in songs, you can find my real name. But We'll just say it's Bob Catter. It's Bob Griff. <laughs> We're all called Bob down here. Yeah. So then what goes on in your life when you're not making tunes? I work in like an IT sort of job. So I do that. I do a lot of like other music, not just synthwave stuff. So I'm trying to like do more contemporary like EDM sort of stuff. But like it's never as fun. It's never as fun as that. Yeah. And then from there, I do like a bit of graphic design. I go to the gym when I can as well like to work out and then other than that's like i'm a massive movie nerd so i'll try and watch like some old cinema or go see what what's out at the cinema at the moment and then yeah that's kind of like me wait so is is your edm project like that's a different name maybe we'll see i have this cool thing where it's like could would it be cool if i just re- released all this stuff under the griff umbrella I'm, I'm assuming if people don't like it they'll just be like okay that's cool we'll just not listen to this but yeah i'll think about it it's it's hard branding is such a big thing nowadays yeah i wish i was good at that (laughs) not one of my skills i understand the impetus is that the word you know like when you're an artist and you're you're doing a slightly different genre and so you want to have a different name and all this stuff but i don't know i I just kind of wish everyone just did everything under the same name yeah same as me like i'd rather have you go to the artist page and then these are all their projects and stuff like that you know i can see it both ways some directors or authors have a different name because they want to try a different audience I'm literally of two minds on this topic as well. So for example, with Instagram, I never know what to do, right? So with my page, sometimes it's post about here's the latest episode and here's who I'm talking to. And then I'll post like a joke, like a comedy piece, little video. Then I'll post a video of my cat, like some weird special effects shot. Yeah, yeah. From my point of view, I'm like, look, if you follow the Beyond Synth Instagram page, you're basically following me. So this is me posting stuff that I want to post. Yeah. But I also understand that there are certain Instagrams I follow, and when they deviate from the reason I follow them, I tune out and I only pay attention to the thing I'm there for. There's a cat Instagram I watch where they have a camera around his collar. (laughs) Yeah. And he's called Mr. Kidders. Ah, oh, Mr. Kidders. And anytime they post something that isn't collar footage, <laughs> where it's like they take a still they take a still image of him and they do some stupid trending meme. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a paused image of the cat with some weird filter. I'm like, fuck off. Show me fucking collar footage. Like, I'm here for the collar footage. I'm not here for fucking memes. Give the people what they want. Yeah. yeah so I understand both because there's all these, there's these ideas I have where I'm like, this would be a funny thing. And I go, should I post it as Beyond Synth or should I start another Instagram that's just about this thing? And then I don't know what to do because I, what am I trying to say? I'm unsure. <laughs> Listen, it's a parable, okay? It's a parable. It's an allegory. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to work up to a, an amazing point, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Look, I just mentioned it. You did this EP with Moon Raccoon. 
Oh, yeah. So there's two ones here. I don't normally play covers, but I will play this mm-hmm. one because it is good. Yeah. It is yeah. your cover of No Easy Way Out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it is uh, it is a good cover by Mr. Robert Tepper. That's yes. who wrote oh, that. So I don't really know too much about that guy. What else did he do? I, I think don't No know. Easy Way Out was the big one he's done like a lot of like soundtrack stuff right for like movies and action movies mostly i'll do some research in the break but first we will listen to it and then we will come back so this is a cover of no easy way out by moon raccoon and griff
And that was No Easy Way Out, performed by Griff and Moon Raccoon. That is, of course, a cover of that song. And I'm here with Griff right now. Why did you team up with Moon Raccoon? Moon Raccoon reached out to me on... You know the days of like Discord, like Synthwave Discords were big in 2016, 2007? Did you just take a drink? I heard that. It mm-hmm. sounded really nice. Yeah. I, I've got a big thermos full of water with ice cubes in it. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it was on disc. <laughs> sorry, I just heard it and I was like, that is like really good Foley, sound Foley design. It's got a wide spout because I'm trying to drink yeah. some more water and so I got like a big yeah. container. It's one of those ones that has like lines written down it to keep you to your water drinking goal, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it have like little motivational like messages? Yeah, get started. Yep. Remember your goal. Yeah. Keep chugging. Don't yep. give up. Yep. Almost there. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. Cool. BPA free. Well, I guess that's not a quote. That's not really a quote. <laughs> I think that's just what they have to put on there. <laughs> BPA yeah, yeah. free. <laughs> I was going to say all those all those little motivational messages could be cool like synthwave rock titles except yeah. for BPA free. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, BPA free. Though. BPA free. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Yeah, sick. Driving in the night, BPA free. The yeah. point is, it's got a wide mouth, which which I really like. So every time I take a drink, I just get a nice big drink. Yeah, yeah, cool. That does sound good. Sorry, where are we going <laughs> okay. with this? I, Moon Raccoon hit me up on Discord because I was in a bunch of Synthwave Discords at that time. She was like, hey, this is like a bunch of songs. Would you be keen? And I listened to them and I really loved her production on them. And then, yeah, we sort of did like a bunch of originals. I, I can't remember if it was Moon Raccoon who offered the cover. She was like, let's do a cover of some really like 80s song. And I'm thinking we should do No Easy Way Out from like Rocky Four and Cobra. And I listened to it and I was like, oh, I remember this song. This song is sick. We should definitely do this. So, yeah, because I know that Bullet for My Valentine did the cover of it, and I heard that one, and then I heard the original, and then I thought, yeah, this would be cool if you did a synthwave version of this. Well, it was. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, it was. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, I need to give some more stuff back. I'm really, I'm a terrible guest. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. I like to uh, be a goof. Look, the point is that it was a good EP and what's IT like? Do you have fun being an IT guy? Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I think it's good. I don't know. I, I think I want to do some freelance graphic design stuff or like I'd love to just do music full time but you know, it's kind of hard. It's so saturated and you have to kind of get really lucky with it. So I guess the perfect job would just be making music and doing art and chilling out and getting paid a million dollars per year to not worry about anything. Yeah. So that'd be cool. <laughs> I don't even have really wacky goals about being like rich or whatever. I would just like a nice, decent salary. Yeah. I mean, like I do bring in some income from the show, but I couldn't continue this full time if my wife didn't have like a normal job. <laughs> that is part of the equation. Like if all of a sudden my wife didn't have any work, then I would have to find yeah, proper yeah. work immediately. Yeah. Straight to the coal mine. Yeah. I was having a conversation with somebody else about this, talking to I am Bolin because I just had her on the show yeah. and I was like, I honestly would prefer if I did go back and get a normal job i want something as mindless as possible oh okay because i do have like a creative brain right so i'm always thinking of ideas and and projects to make yeah and so i don't i don't like wasting my creative ideas for other people's thing interesting if i were to get a job i would rather just stack boxes if i can just listen to an ipod yeah i would rather do the mindless thing so that i save my actual creativity for me yeah okay i dig that i i can i can get where you're coming from with that i always say stack boxes that's like my 
I don't know. Yeah, are you, are you at the stacking boxes factory or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go to the box factory. I want to work at uh, one of those Amazon factories where you get like crushed by the robot. What? And then they just leave your body there. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Is this an allegory? No, this is just a thing that happens at Amazon. That's terrible. Those warehouses—they're literally like the size of like a city block. It's like a town in there, and there'll be those, those occasional stories where it's just like this guy fucking like had a heart attack, and they just put like a bunch of pylons around him so they could keep working and stuff. Oh god! Oh, I, that is <laughs> horrific. Every now and again, like I'll see that. Oh, what is it? The box of calm or something? It's like, oh, if you're having a bad day at work, you just walk into this little box with headphones and it has oh, a little TV screen of like a, a like a waterfall. Box of calm? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Oh God. Oh no. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. That's-, That's what I sort of heard in my head. I'm just like, why is he saying that? Um, <laughs> I get it. I get it now. Oh. So, like, sort of a relaxation <laughs> box and not a, uh, a yes. carton of jizz is what we're... Yes. There okay. is not a carton of jizz at Amazon <laughs> you can go inside and chill out in. <laughs> well. Amazon, please do not sue me. But I feel like that would be a stressful box job because there's so much stuff, right? So you'd have to work really hard. What I want to work at is like a casual box moving job, like at a mom and pop store. Yeah, we're thinking mom and pop store, like really casual. There's dire straits playing on the like the hi-fi <laughs> system, easy listening, maybe the police. And you're just like stacking boxes and chilling out and thinking about your life. And I think that'd be cool. Yeah. I never even ask what's in them. It's one of those weird like kind of science fiction stories where I've, just been, I've been working <laughs> yeah. at this job for like 40 years and yeah. all of a sudden someone's just, What's in the boxes? And then I find out they're like weird, like alien machine parts for like some ship that's being built. Oh, that's right. And the mum and pop store, like the counter has like this weird control panel. And they're like, whatever you do, don't touch the control panel. Just please don't do it. And then one night you're working late and then write this down. Actually, you start writing this down. <laughs> and then I bump into it and then the fucking pan. Like, oh, yeah. It's like a yeah. Yeah. So that's the kind of job I want. And then there's Bob Cutter there. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to spend any time on He's it. He's like, I told you not to touch the control panels. <laughs> yeah. Now the crocodiles are getting loose. Yeah. Fuck, what a great clip. Australia has surprisingly a lot of those really bizarre clips where people don't really know where they're from or they have to like do a bunch of research into it. It's like the succulent Chinese meal clip that you probably haven't heard of, but like it's huge in Australia. Have I seen that? The clip is just like getting arrested because he keeps doing dining dashes where like, you know, he just goes to restaurants, buys food and then leaves and stuff. And he finally gets arrested and then he has this really rough find way of talking and he's like you know what is the charge people the eating a meal i can't believe you've never seen this it's, this is like huge in australia okay I'll, I'll watch it what do i search for succulent chinese meal if you just type in succulent chinese meal you'll be finding it <laughs> it's got the same energy as the bob catapost so i think you'll appreciate it i'm not assuring anything under arrest look i'm under what gentlemen this is democracy manifest have a look at the headlock here. See that chap over there? He get your hand off my penis! This is the bloke who got me on the penis before. Get some cups. Why did you do this? Get some cups. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal?
I've been watching a lot of I think you should leave and it has that sort of energy. That show is really funny. It's one of those things where like the show is so absurd that I have to really be careful with who I show it to. I think you should leave was one of those shows where at first I was like, I don't think I like this show <laughs> because whenever I would see clips, it would always be of people screaming and yelling at each other. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. always like, oh, I don't know that I like this kind of comedy. But then when I actually sort of watched it and gave it a chance, there are some skits that are so fucking funny and just how weird like the writing is like it, yeah, yeah the one from season two where they go to dinner with their old professor from college yes yeah 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 i know which one i love that skit <laughs> just the, give me that i'm joking it's the uncomfortableness that just doubles down and then doubles down and then double and you're like the cool thing about I think you should leave is the clips go on too long. It's at that the dip of where you're like, no, this isn't funny, and then it goes for so long that it's actually really funny. They just commit to it and they're like, nah, just keep the cameras rolling. Just this skit has another thirty seconds in it at least. There's one from this season which was just really bizarre, where it was like it was an ad for a the dog the doggy door. Yes, the doggy yeah, door. That, yeah, yeah, the doggy <laughs> when the door, fucking right? creature comes in. Yeah, yeah when the creature comes up, what is that? What the hell is that? And you're like, <laughs> oh, I don't understand because apparently, so what I heard was Tim Robinson used to be a writer on SNL, and then a lot of these things are like rejected SNL skits, like they just refused to put them on SNL because they were just too esoteric too absurd. It's hard to explain really what even like the sense of humor of the show is sort of so like, hard. what if there's an adult in every scene that has like the mentality <laughs> of a child or like characters who proudly stick to one point of view or like someone will yeah. say a phrase and they'll take the phrase literally. Yeah, it's so bizarre to think like yeah, trying to explain <laughs> it to someone. Yeah, I know what you mean. What if this guy can't be reconciled or like with it's just like he he just has this one thing where he's like taking it it's like the ghost tour of the mansion oh the yeah, yeah, yeah 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 yes, it's yes. like he just takes it literally and then gets upset when people get upset with him yeah. <laughs> it's just after 10 p.m this is the adult tour which means you can drink if you want and we can say whatever the hell we want <laughs> <laughs> jizz sorry jizz like cum shot you can say that because you said we can say whatever the hell we want I'm sure. Or horse cock? Yeah, I guess. And I think from this new season, the Doggy Door one was yeah. probably my favorite because I've watched that one a few times, but it was mostly just about the creature design. It was just such yeah, a okay, weird yeah. and off-putting creature. <laughs> like, that, that's what made it so funny. It was just like, what the fuck is this thing? Yeah, like, it's, yeah. It has big, like, adult swim. Uh, yes, yeah, 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 like yeah, that, yeah. But look, we got to listen to another song. Actually, I'm going to stick with this EP because there was another track on there that I really dug, and it was actually okay. one of the remixes. Yeah. So there's a track called Ride, Yeah. but I really liked the aviators remix of ride oh cool yeah 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 i like it too there's this cool bit at the end where it goes a bit batshit crazy I, I dig it yeah so let's listen to that and then we'll keep chatting this is ride by moon raccoon and griff the aviators remix
And that was Moon Raccoon and Griff with Rye. The Aviators Remix. It's actually just called Aviators Remix. And I'm here with Griff. Hey. You say you're you're being a movie nerd. Like, did you, uh, have you watched any classics recently that you're like, I finally watched something and it was good? Oh, yeah. I watched The Seventh Seal mm. by Bergman and then another one after that as well. So that's like a big one that I just haven't really gotten around to. And we watched like some Bergman stuff. So Seventh Seal and then Wild Strawberries. When you watch The Seventh Seal, do you go, now I get all that stuff in Bill and Ted Part 2? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like you watch it and you're like, ah, all the references. Because you watch some classic cinema and then you watch like The Simpsons and you're like, The Simpsons were referencing all this new wave stuff. It's bizarre. Mm. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's stuff that like I really probably should have watched earlier. But maybe I'd take it too literally. Like having a chat with some people who like we watched it with and they were like, wow, when I watched The Seventh Seal, I took it so literally and was like so pretentious about it. And then we watched it again as we were adults and we're like, okay, The Seventh Seal is actually quite tongue in cheek and funny and kind of like satirical. I come from sort of a family of film nerd sort of people and and so like we have Seventh Seal like in my dad's house there's like framed stills from like Seventh Seal around. Oh. But I don't think I've ever actually really watched it all. Right. <laughs> it's just one of those things I've always just my whole childhood I know the image there's like this framed Seventh Seal picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know the idea of like playing chess with the devil and the devil's like this dude <laughs> in a black hood with like a white face it's sort of like you know that image even if you haven't seen the Seventh Seal. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Do you watch these movies with other nerds where you like have discussions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I can watch stuff by myself. Like, if it's something that you want to concentrate on, I'd rather watch it with other people. Mm. Just because I find it, like, easier to do that. I watched... Oh, what did I watch recently? It wasn't really... It's not, like, a classic film, but I watched Bella's Afraid. Oh, how is that? So, a lot of people hate it, but I like it. I think it's cool. It's, like, surrealist. It's, like... Like, it's horrible, but it's also really funny. It treads a line of, like, what's funny and what's not funny. Have you... I'm guessing you've seen Hereditary and stuff like that? Bo is Afraid looked more up my alley than those other ones, so, like... I prefer entertainment. Yeah. I do like art movies. Like, I can appreciate them. Like, I'm not, like, a snob about it. But when I sit down to watch a movie, I usually prefer watching, like, action or sci-fi or whatever, like, ultimately. And that director is great at making movies that really upset me. (laughs) Yep. But when I saw the trailer for Bo is Afraid, I was like, this looks like more my cup of tea. It looks like it might be more fun than watching some little girl get her head knocked off. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I get what you mean. (laughs) It's way funnier. It's funny, but it's also like, it's horrible to see a main character go through all of that stuff, but it's Mm. kind of triumphant to see someone who doesn't give up for like three hours of really bad anxiety inducing, like, I just want to go home, but he's not allowed to. It's kind of like if you wanted to go home and you're tired, like, you know, after a night of drinking and then you have to go on a three day journey forcibly. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like that. It's like, I just want to go to bed. It's like that for three hours. (laughs) Well, it looked visually cool cool like it looked like they were oh it's cool it's great yeah it's you've you, have you watched synecdoche new york i actually haven't oh it's pretty much like that or sunshine eternal sunshine of the spotless mind it's got that vibe to it it's weird that i didn't watch that movie i feel like wh- why would i not because i do like everything that that director does yeah 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 I, I guess well this is what we were talking about before we were recording but remember we were talking about tenant yeah and how Tenant feels like it's sort of like the culmination of a bunch of Christopher Nolan ideas that he's been sprinkling around, but it almost felt like it was a little too much. Like it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher Nolan dialed up to a thousand, but it didn't yeah. end up being like 
a good yeah, movie yeah. necessarily. Yeah. And from the trailers, I just felt like this was Charlie Kaufman being like extra Charlie Kaufman-y and it just looked depressing. Yeah, so I find a lot of Charlie Kaufman stuff is pretty depressing. I haven't seen Being John Malkovich or Adaptation, but I've seen like... Oh, fuck! Eternal Sunshine of the okay, S- Adaptation oh, Are you, are you is, okay? Are you alright? Adaptation <laughs> is awesome. Okay, I'll, wanna watch, I'll have to watch it. That movie is fucking amazing and so okay. is John Malkovich but I think adaptation is it's sort of like what you're describing with Bo is Afraid where it's intense but really funny at the same time and some of the most intense moments are also funny in a really dark and twisted way oh I'm in I'm in yeah it's that movie's fucking great okay. and it's one of the best Nicolas Cage fucking things too oh okay I'll okay I'll put it down I need to watch adaptation I'm a massive like Nicolas Cage fan so I'll have to oh do dude it. it's um, everything I'll definitely have to give it a watch I loved Synecdoche New York and I loved I'm, in, I'm thinking of ending things so yeah I'll, I'll give it a go speaking of Nicolas Cage have you seen Mandy? no Oh, dude, that's a blind spot of mine because that's been on my list for four years. <laughs> oh, I yeah, I watched Mandy in cinemas when it got like a limited release in Australia, and it blew my mind. And then I've been trying to show Mandy to whoever wants to be subjected to Nicolas Cage having this amazing sort of uh, prog rock metal shirt vibe. Oh, it's just ridiculous. It's like it's so singular and insanely cool looking. What am I doing? Honestly, the past like fucking year, I've just been watching stuff that sucks and like there's all these great movies that i have on my list to watch yeah and then i'll go and just watch some fucking mediocre star wars show or some <laughs> or i've been watching i've been watching bad movies with marco because we've been doing like yeah. watching b movies and like talking about oh, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so i just yeah. watched like the sequel to hard ticket to hawaii those andy sadaris movies where they're basically just softcore porns because all the actresses are playboy models and like they're not good like the hard ticket to hawaii is funny mm. you've seen clips from it if you haven't seen it, it's like where the this one guy who like kills a dude on a beach by throwing a frisbee at him that's got like razor oh, blades yes. in it. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm in. That's hard ticket to Hawaii. It's redeemed by some absurd, very B movie action. Yeah. But then the other ones are just bad. And I'm watching that shit, and there's great movies I should be watching. I'm like reading all the titles and looking at all the posters, and you are right. It's literally just softcore porn. Dude, but the movies are also as well. Like, even the music, there will be an action scene, and then they'll just cut back to these two, like, Playboy models that are like, let's hit the jacuzzi. And then it just starts playing, like, really shitty softcore porn music, and it, they're just in the jacuzzi, and that's is, it. Okay. Is this satirical? Is this parody? Or is this sincere? It's a director who knows exactly what he's doing. Okay. These are movies that are like aimed at 14 year old boys who get access to the cable box or whatever at nighttime. like that's what it is it would have been that thing where if you were a teenager and your parents had like movie network or something and when they showed like yeah. the blue movie on like a Friday night like this would be uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what he's making these things for I believe right I don't think he's oblivious to how stupid they are I can't believe I've never seen like this sort of franchise or like genre of stuff it's like all the posters are like softcore porn and then all the taglines are like they're sexy they're fearless and stuff like that <laughs> and they're also horrible actors the hottest secret agents ever it's, it's really bad but like Hard Ticket to Hawaii is funny at least because it's got some great action scenes that are just so stupid but then some of the later ones they still have all like the cheesy softcore nudity but then the action scenes aren't as fun so then it's just like why am I watching this shit yeah okay just fucking shit man wow anyway sorry no 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 that's fine <laughs> 
I watched <laughs> MacGruber last night. I will say this. I have not watched that movie in years, yeah. but I fucking loved it when I watched it the first time. Like, I laughed my yeah. head off at that movie. I've seen it before, and the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is a cool parody movie. But then they push it to, like, this insane level of how did you think you could put this on like movie theater screens like the intimate scenes in that movie oh, just yeah, every time I see them yeah. I cannot stop laughing I can't look at the screen it's that laughter you get where your abs hurt and then you can't breathe Will Forte you know when there's just some actors that just exude funny like they look funny <laughs> yeah their face like the expressions like Will Forte does in that movie dude he's got <laughs> such a funny face and like he is hilarious and that movie is so stupid yeah like sometimes there's just some movies that like they're just so dumb that they're amazing and like that movie i found it incredibly funny it's really good it has the same feeling of tropic thunder it's got that weird sense of let's see how absurd we can make a movie you know when you watch like police academy or naked gun and stuff like that it's kind of like this is absurd but you put money behind it and put it in cinemas even though it's pretty esoteric to watch it's kind of got that vibe to it some of it's non-accessible yeah. you watch a comedy film in the cinemas and it's, oh this is really accessible to everyone but you watch MacGruber and you're like only a certain amount of people are going to find this really good and then I'm sure that some people will think this is a terrible thing I keep thinking of the sex scene it's just like one of the worst things I've ever seen on a screen. Oh, the first time I saw it, it was like the biggest sort of curveball. I did not expect it. It's so funny. There's no music. It's just like the grossest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, one of my biggest laughs at a surprising like sex joke was from Scary Movie, which I don't think is a good movie at all. But like at the time, it was like the first prosthetic scrotum I had ever seen in a right, film. Right, and when I the did. testicle like flopped out of the gym teacher's shorts, like I laughed for five minutes in the theater and like people were mad because like I couldn't stop yeah I mean like when I saw the fake scrotum in Step Brothers I'm pretty sure I had the same reaction like because <laughs> you don't expect it they're like I'm gonna put my ball sack on your drum set and you're like oh that's pretty funny and then they like have a prosthetic ball like ball sack which is like <laughs> disgusting and there's hair all over it and stuff and you're like you don't know what to do and that's why your body just starts like yeah, <laughs> you don't know what to do this. I was like this is fucking ridiculous why did they I can't believe they did this it's the same thing when you see the sex scene in MacGruber I have the same reaction because it's like this goes on for too long this is like ridiculous how did they come up with this idea like I think what makes the MacGruber sex scene so funny is that it's almost more real it's absurd but in some aspects it's more real than any sex scene in a movie because he makes really embarrassing yes yeah noises yeah. and facial expressions I, I agree just the sounds he makes and just the, like he just takes the sound oh, yeah, faces. Like, like, oh god this is so <laughs> fucking uncomfortable because I'm watching it with my friends and everyone's looking at each other like, oh, what, oh, what are we supposed to laugh? Are we supposed to laugh at this? It's like, yes, this is funny. And the scene where it's, he has sex oh. with his wife's ghost <laughs> and then where it just cuts to the wide shot and she's not there and it's just him, like, just with his ass, like, just... <laughs> it's, oh, it oh, is man. like... Yeah. Anyway, look, we're going to move forward here. We still have some music to listen to. I want to go to your Calypso Drift FM. Yeah, yeah, cool. Album, because there's lots of cool songs on here this one's probably my favorite yeah it's a track called new religion oh yes and uh let's listen to that and then we'll keep chatting this is a new religion by griff oh i was dreaming again tonight all the stars come down
And that was Griff with the track New Religion. I'm here right now with Griff. We're just talking about movies. Movies. What's your favorite Bond theme? Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. What's your favorite Bond theme? Bond theme? Yeah. Okay. Mine's View to a Kill. I do like View to a Kill a lot. I like all the 80s ones. Sometimes it's like a combination of the title sequence and the music. So I also like the AHA one. What's the AHA one? um, I literally listen to it all the time. Hold on. Let me go into my music folder. Maybe it's Take On Me. Yeah, I that's think it. Just that. <laughs> <laughs> they just used that for the Bond intro. Hey, it would work. Because the 80s ones are just so ridiculous. You listen to like View to a Kill and it's got the most ridiculous sounding orchestra hit samples and the chorus is like this weird synth pop chorus and you don't think it should work but it does. I love it. I, I do actually. I listen to those things all the time. With a view to a kill. Yeah. What's the, yeah. What the fuck is the AHA one? The Living Daylights. The Living Daylights. Yeah, okay, so that's that one I like a lot too. Oh, all the 80s ones are so silly. Oh, I like Tomorrow Never Dies, the Cheryl uh, Crow one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? I like most of the Pierce Brosnan ones and their title sequences, even if the movies aren't strong. Same. Now, do you like Die Another Day? No. Okay. I Okay, I tolerate Die Another Day because I do think the title sequence is cool. Yeah, same as me. I, I think that people like to shit on Madonna's Die Another Day, like title sequence and song, but I think it's cool. I think it's futuristic. I think it's a cool derivative direction for it. I love it. My issue with it is fucking Sigmund Freud analyze this analyze this this okay, this that I part's agree, embarrassing agree, like that sucks I agree but I don't mind the overall rhythm of it yeah Sigmund Freud I love GoldenEye, like the movie and the game. They're very important to me. I like the GoldenEye song, and but I think that's also like the strongest just Pierce Brosnan movie. Yep. It sucks in a way because I think Pierce Brosnan, visually and the way he acts and stuff, is to me like a perfect James Bond. I agree. It's just that his movies aren't strong, except for yeah. GoldenEye. GoldenEye is. Yeah, GoldenEye's fantastic. The theme song to GoldenEye, Tina Turner's, the way she sings GoldenEye is just insane. And it's got this weird, like, sultry velvet sort of like a panther just like plodding around this like room it's just really sick yeah goldeneye is awesome and despite his movies not being great he has my favorite title sequences yeah even over a lot of the daniel craig title sequences or songs i like skyfall yep and i like that the sequence of skyfall as well i find his title sequences weird because they got away from the sexy women and they're always just like weird shots of him fighting yeah you know it's like james bond falling through things and stuff yeah yeah i even like those ones they did in the 60s and 70s where like they're kind of rotoscoping the women but you can kind of still see that they're naked yeah this is a pg movie but in the title sequences there's clearly like shots of nipples and stuff oh yeah 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 definitely like i oh what is i'm pretty sure it's like Goldfinger, Goldfinger, man with a golden gun. It's like when they're all painted gold, and those are you can see their nipples. Yeah, <laughs> and that's my favorite thing. Sorry, I don't. I sounded like a really concerned Christian mother. Then, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I just find it funny because, like, maybe back in the day, you do that rotoscope or you increase the contrast enough so when they watched in the theaters, they wouldn't have seen it. But then when you watch like a nice crisp Blu-ray <laughs> version of the movie, then you see the things that you wouldn't have ordinarily seen. But yeah, yeah so yeah. I guess for me. To go back to the question, it's like, I I like Goldeneye. I like Tomorrow Never Dies. I like the song that Garbage did, The World Is Not Enough. Oh, I like that as well, yeah. That movie's boring, but I like the song and I like the thing. Uh, Daniel Craig, I don't love a lot of the... The only one I really like is Skyfall. I think Skyfall's a great song. Yeah, yeah. I thought that the Sam Smith one was boring. 
I kind of thought the last one was boring too. Okay, I haven't seen the last one yet. Well, I, I mean, like the song itself, like like this. I think it was the oh yeah the yeah, song. yeah. I think the is it the writings on the wall? Yeah, it's just kind of boring. Like they don't have the fun yeah. of the eighty like the eighties ones when the title sequence kicks in. It's why I miss title sequences in general because they can really like pump you for a movie. I know I've said this before, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. when I think of like the Mortal Kombat movie from the nineties, it's oh, like God. it's a cheesy movie, <laughs> yeah. but that is one of the all-time greatest openings of a movie because it just gets right to the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really gets you pumped up for a film. And even if, okay, fine, the movie's like a corny thing, there's very few movies that just start with instantly just a fireball flies at the screen and it's just like, Mortal Kombat! And then just goes right into this fucking hard-hitting techno song. Okay, I I just watched it. That's sick. I think I remember it as a kid, but that was cool. That is insane. It's like, as soon as you see the new the new line cinema icon, mm. yeah, it's, and it's instantly though. <laughs> and and so regardless of like how you feel about the movie, it's a great opening. Oh, it's yeah, fantastic. To me, that's what I miss about movies not having title sequences anymore. Because there's so many movies I've watched where like the title sequence really sets the stage for the film. And in the case of Bond, I just prefer a song that has some energy to it. Like yeah, it is yeah. fun when you see that pre-title sequence and then James Bond goes on a little mission in the second, you know, just like, well, I guess I will stay here and have sex with you. And then all of a sudden just it's awesome. <laughs> it just does like a one-liner and like you just hear the intro. Yeah, That's what you want. Yeah. You don't want to like a, ooh, James Bond. It's like, I don't care. Yeah. Give me some cool orchestra hits. I think I just want more orchestra hits in yes. the James Bond theme. No, I agree. The orchestra hits are key. And like Daniel Craig, honestly, like three out of five of his songs are just depressing ballads. And then there's that one that I think is actually bad. The, the fucking Quantum of Solace one. Oh, that is, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's like Jack White and Alicia Keys. It's. Um, I think that song actually sucks. Yeah. Like it actually grates yeah. on me a bit. Like the singing and just the. Yeah, I think the vibe of it is a bit weird it's just it's got that weird like do 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 i don't know i love alicia keys and jack white but i think that it could have been like more like techno-y or something oh imagine a techno james bond theme song no one's <laughs> well, done that yet because die another day is kind of that yeah oh yeah you are right yeah it has a weird like vocoder sounds and samplers and stuff sigmund freud, sigmund freud. analyze this Analyze this, this, this. I'm just imagining, like, Madonna voguing or something. Oh, Madonna was in the movie as well. They were like, oh, Madonna, do you want to be one of the... She's a fencing instructor. Yeah, she's a fencer instructor. Yeah. I love that they just let that fight go on. James Bond has the stupid sword fight with that guy, and they totally trash that whole place, and everyone's just, like, fine with it. This is fine. You're James Bond or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the laser scene in Die Another Day. It's just bizarre. No, it's not not a good one. Every so often, I'll, I'll revisit them, and go like was i harsh on this movie and (laughs) no before we started recording when we were talking about phantom menace like i do that every few years where i watch phantom menace (laughs) and then there's that moment where jar jar shows up and the movie just fucking takes a nosedive and for me die another day there's this moment early on where there's just like the worst green screen in the world where he like he escapes and he's got a beard yeah and he like swims to shore and like goes to a hotel and shaves and there's just this one shot where he comes out of the water and he's like kind of walking on a dock yeah and he's got just like a beard and like a shirt and it's just the worst green screen you couldn't have just gone outside and filmed him walking on a dock like walking yeah 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 because is dying of the day the one where he's like 
parachuting and yes. surfing. Yeah, Dying of the a, Day yeah, has all the terrible. worst things. Like anytime you see those clips where they go like, this is where James Bond really went downhill. It's all from Die Another Day. Like everything, the invisible car, yeah. the stupid surfing on the iceberg as the <laughs> glacier gets destroyed yeah, by yeah, a giant yeah. laser beam. It's so stupid. Oh, don't even, <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. That's right. James Bond goes to the yacht club in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like super green screened and terrible. Oh, Yeah, and I don't know why. It's disappointing. But like, I, I love James Bond and so like I'll watch even the ones that I think aren't great. Yeah. I watch A View to a Kill even though Roger Moore is literally like an old man in it. It's also really like old James Bond movies are gross. It's just so misogynistic. Some some of the things that happen in those films like what the hell? Some of them too what I'm always surprised by is like wow this is the franchise that really made popular like the action film pun and you know like the ladies who have sex names <laughs> and then yeah. sometimes you watch them and you're like wow these are bad you think the franchise that invented this would like try harder you know like when you watch the um, Sean Connery one where he drops a toaster in the bathtub and kills that guy oh, yeah, or not yeah, a toaster yeah. it was like a heater and then like the pun is shocking positively shocking yeah. and like walks away like but then you got to give it credit because I'm like is that like the first action film pun yeah because yeah, he said shocking because yeah. he electrocuted the guy and maybe they get a pass <laughs> but then in a view to a kill one of the ladies is called genuflex genuflex or sorry that's the pun so she introduces herself like I'm Jenny F- Jenny flex was the name she's like I'm Jenny flex and he's like of course you are and I'm like I don't get it <laughs> I know this is a sex thing but I don't know what you're what this is I I feel like genuflect... Oh, what the hell? Do you know what this means? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's when you kneel in reverence to something. Yeah. Isn't there something? Yeah, it is. Lower one's body briefly by bending one knee to the ground, typically in worship or as a sign of respect. This is weird. Genuflect. Which is a pun on genuflect, but I don't get what the sex joke is. Yeah, that is a long bow to draw. That is insane. Yeah, it's just, is the pun that she sucks dicks? Like, is that the, I don't even get it. Even if that is what they're going for, it's not even a good pun. They're like bottom of the barrel there. And fucking in Pierce Brosnan's time, he's got some fucking clunker one-liners that are just like, (laughs) what is even the joke here? Like, it's just, I'm almost the the one-liners in Goldeneye, and those were good. I think they were great. I think in Tomorrow Never Dies, okay, fine, he says he's he's brushing up on a little Danish when What's-Her-Face calls because he's having sex with a Danish lady. He kills the guy with the printing press and says they'll print anything these days. I mean, that's okay. But the end one where he kills fucking... Who's the villain in, in Tomorrow Never Dies? Who's that actor? Jonathan... Price? Pierce Brosnan has this pun where he like has to line up this giant sentence where he's about to kill him with that big drill and he's like, you forgot the one rule of mass media. Give the people what they want. And then like sticks the the drill at him? What is this? Like, he could have said, screw you, or something. Like, he could have said anything in place of that. Because, like, I'm picturing Total Recall when Arnold fucking sticks the drill in the side of the fucking Jeep and kills Benny. He's like, hey, Benny, screw you! Because he's got, like, a giant <laughs> drill, you know? If I can think of some more, there's some bad ones. Oh, I, you know what one I really like is fucking, uh, the first Roger Moore one. The, uh, Paul McCartney fucking... Oh, um, Live and let die! Do-do-do! Yeah. Do, 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 That's a great do, song. Yeah. Live and Let Die is that great. That is a good song. That is a good song. I think if you have a Bond theme with tempo changes, 
Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, we should actually listen to some music here. We keep on going on these tangents. Oh, yeah. This is this has just turned into Griff and Andy talk about movies. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. What should we listen to now? Let's listen to something to hold. Oh, cool. From the Calypso Drift. This, um, this is the 1984 mix, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? Like, at least like an earlier version of something to hold that was cool, but I didn't. It didn't have that 1980s like Calypso Drip vice because the whole album's meant to be like a gta vice city radio station right so i felt it wasn't as silly or 80s ish that i wanted to so i just like remixed it and did a whole new mix of it chucked on the album and i prefer that version better so all right cool let's listen to it this is something to hold by griff
And that was Griff with the track Something to Hold, the 1984 mix. Yeah, actually, speaking of, I, I actually remember why I also made a different version for the album. And it's because in the original version, I had a sample of a Hall & Oates song. It's the part in Out of Touch where the lyrics are like reaching out for something to hold. And I like put something to hold and I thought, oh, this would be cool to put in the song. And then I did the album, sent it off. And then the, <laughs> then the studio was like, hey, about something to hold, did you say that there was a sample in this and I said yeah and they told me to get rid of it because they're not going to clear it yeah 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 <laughs> so I was like okay that's cool I'll just redo it so what I did was I meticulously sang it in the style of it and then did it that way because it's like three words so I don't know if that's copyrighted so surely not hey man you're good with me I'm no lawyer yeah. so don't yeah <laughs> that's it. any yeah don't sue me I mean like that's the cool thing about internet music right it's like you can sort of flex the rules a little bit like vaporwave you listen to vaporwave music and the amount of samples that they use in vaporwave are ridiculous yeah this is my one sort of like blind spot being in the synthwave scene just because vaporwave is like you know the adjacent scene yeah and I just don't get vaporwave and I try because so many people who like synthwave love vaporwave yeah and then whenever I listen to vaporwave I just find it really depressing oh I never know what's real, so I don't trust it. Oh, okay. I dig it, yeah. Because when someone says, like, oh, this song, you should listen to this artist. And then when I listen to it, I'm like, is this just stolen music pitched down? Because I believe there are some artists who actually, like, make their own music, but in the Vaporwave style. Yeah. But I don't have the musical knowledge to know whether or not this thing is lifted or not. Yeah, I get you. Because I've been burned a few times on this show where I would, like, play a song and then it turned out that the artist just stole it, you know, or, like, sampled some other thing without permission and, like, pitched it or whatever. And so... Oh. Now I'm a bit more like cautious and Vaporwave just to me is like a, a landmine of uh, stolen music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like, a, you kind of just have to ask the artists like, hey, is this all clear or not? It's You put a Vaporwave artist on your show, you kind of have to expect that a lot of, uh, lot of their stuff is like borrowed because that's the DNA of Vaporwave, isn't it? There's this weird anti-commercialized thing about Vaporwave. I, I, I can't remember like, the intricacies of it but yeah that's a big thing of it yeah that's a, <laughs> that'll be my questionnaire whenever i have a vaporwave guest on just like so um are you a thief <laughs> you a fucking thief and then like see what they say i just find the overall vibe sort of reminds me of a weird drugged out dream sequence but it's not the pleasant kind for me oh, okay. like when i hear that sort of vaporwave sound to me it's more like kind of depressing than fun it's like i've just been shot with a tranquilizer dart and it's that moment in the movie <laughs> before the guy goes yeah, down i, I know you Second, the, the dart hits your neck. No. Yeah. And that's the music yeah. that plays, right, for like that 15 yeah. seconds as he stumbles yeah. through the hallway before yeah. collapsing. I dig it. I don't feel so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've said it, anytime I listen to Vaporwave, it's like, oh, I feel like a tranquilized yeah. fucking like, action hero. <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. And in a weird way, it conjures my more negative nostalgic memories. From when you were tranquilized. <laughs> Synthwave is more like the positive. Like when I listen to Synthwave music, it gives me that... The nostalgic vibe where I miss my childhood and Vaporwave is like the kind where it just reminds me of walking in a mall and being bored and the mall <laughs> is like brown and like ugly and yeah that's what Vaporwave makes me think of yeah there's some real there's some spicy takes happening on this show it's gonna be like a Vaporwave synthwave like argument we should we should just should do a debate night or something that would be fun I mean like to be fair I also have some blind spots here so like 
maybe there are just some artists that are just making original music. You know, they do their own singing and they pitch it down and they give it that sort of vaporwave vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's just since I don't, I don't know. So like, I'll play a song and be like, "That's cool," and someone will be like, "You know, that's just fucking Chaka Khan song." They just slowed down. I'm like, "No, I didn't know that." Right? No, I didn't now know I that, do. but now I do. <laughs> yeah, a lot of future funk stuff does it as well, right? Like they just sample a lot of city pop stuff, like obscure city pop stuff, and then they like make a bunch of samples. It's like, where does it end? Daft Punk did a really good album called Discovery, which is basically all samples. So yeah. Well, what do we do about this, Griff? I think people should just keep doing it because I'd prefer people to be creative than to be not creative. Well, there you go. That's a good sentiment. There you go. I think so. <laughs> I think so because I said it. <laughs> anyway, so the point is that um, your uh, your favorite James Bond theme is a view to a kill. When I saw View to a Kill for the first time, like when the credits came up and I was expecting this, like, you know, the bum, bum, boom, like orchestras, heavy sort of thing. And then you get this sample drum kit and then weird orchestra hits and you're like what is this this is insane and then it's like you know music by Duran Duran you're like oh this is insane awesome and they're like there's this weird cool key change in the chorus and it sounds like this Phil Collinsy style of music it's just so left field and so quirky and it suits the movie because the movie is so quirky it's not as quirky as Moonraker but You've got a villain played by Christopher Walken and his name's Max Zorin and they're using cool like little Uzi machine guns and you've got Grace Jones and Dolph Lundgren and it's just sick. It's just a sick movie. I love it. I love the style of it. I love like how different it is and how bizarre it is and it's so 80s. I just love how old Roger Moore is in that movie. He's so old. His forehead is so wrinkly. <laughs> I, I, hang on, I'm going to have a look at how old he looks like because I can't remember. Because even when he started, he was kind of old in uh, Live and Let Die. I keep forgetting the titles. I have to do, like, do. You have to sing it? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Live and Let Die is like the youngest that he looks because it's his first one. But I think even when he yeah. took over the job, wasn't that the thing where he took over as Bond, but he was technically the same age as Sean Connery was or something? Like, it's not oh, like. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know what you mean. Actually, looking at pictures of Roger Moore and Vito Akil. Yes, you are right. He's got a lot of wrinkles on that forehead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he looks very wrinkly in that one. Christopher Walken also looks a little bit old as well, so it kind of isn't too bad. Like, every Bond has a movie that I, I really like in their thing. Yeah. But I'm not as uh, reverent to, like, the older ones. Because, I mean, obviously, like, growing up, it was always, like, the cliche answer of just to, well, Sean Connery's the best Bond. Mm -hmm. And that's what everyone would say, because that's just what you say. Yeah. But when I go back and watch his movies, I don't necessarily love that era of Bond. Like, I, I really like the second one, From Russia With Love. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's got some really cool set pieces, I think, so. I think that's probably my favorite, and and Goldfinger I like. Like, uh, obviously it's a classic, because that's basically the one that sets the template for the rest of Bond, or whatever. But, I don't know, there's something kind of clunky about the, the old ones as well, and, like, some of the stuff that's, like, just so horribly dated, like the one where he goes to China, and they give him the, they give him the haircut, so that he'll, like, blend in. Hang on, what movie is this? Twice, die twice, you never... You only live once. Yeah. Is that what it's called? You only live once? Oh, it sounds like it. It's close Isn't enough. it you only live twice? <laughs> Maybe it is you only live twice. Anyway, the whole point is he goes undercover and so they try and make him look more Asian. <laughs> and so they... Oh, that is... <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm looking at it. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> what is this? This isn't real. No, it's real, man. Oh. And and also, too, because I'm a Doctor Who fan, and there's this one episode in the 70s, which is like one of the best Doctor Who stories, but the bad guy is a white dude in Chinese makeup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's weird 
makeup, you know, like the way like the Klingons look in Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Like the guy has a whole like kind of false headpiece to give him like the Asian looking eyes. Oh god. When you see it now, it's just like very strange and uh, obviously they shouldn't have done that so I could totally understand someone watching this and going like dude like this is fucked up right I'm like yeah oh up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes it is <laughs> it's like breakfast at Tiffany's oh, yeah. Mickey yeah. Rooney yeah. like and you, you look at that and you're like that is horrific that is not good the tough part for me is like that example it's such a cartoonish off-putting sort of thing anyways like it's very over the top yeah in the Doctor Who episode the problem is the guy acting isn't bad he's actually like a really good character and villain so it's tough because on one hand it's like the performance is good and on the other hand it's a white guy in Chinese makeup so like yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be a lot easier to write off if it was also just bad because I could be like oh right like it was a bad thing they shouldn't have done and it sucked and it's tough when the movie's actually good yeah I think that if you're having that conversation with yourself like you are doing better than just watching it and ignoring it like if you're watching something and you're like wow that's really fucked up I love this movie that is really fucked up like you can still will do both yes there's a difference between doing that and then going oh I love this movie because they have a funny Chinese guy in it and like that, there's yeah, a difference yeah. <laughs> there is a difference between the two anyway look listen let's listen to some track maybe we should fucking wind down we've been talking for a long time oh yeah, yeah. let's listen to the track Miami Overdrive is that okay with you? Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were about to play the track. I don't know when to say yes or no. But if you want to play Miami Drive, that'll be cool. Thank you. All right. Well, let's do it. This is uh, Miami Overdrive by Griff.
And that was Griff with the track Miami Overdrive. And we've been talking for a long time. We have. So I apologize. I think I've I've robbed you of your morning. No, no, that's fine. No, it's good. We've been talking about movies for two hours, which is pretty good. I, that's a good morning spent, I think. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Oh, I've got a new single coming out with Yate. So I don't know when this will go to air, but like... Soon, well, I tell maybe? you what, if this comes out around that time, then I will have played that song before we went to the interview. Okay, cool. <laughs> does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that does make sense. Yate's a cool guy. He's do, he's recorded some fun voiceovers for me for our fake commercials. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I think we talked about that. Like He's done a bunch of cool Grand Theft Auto radio station-y skits for a lot of people. Yate's, Yate's awesome to talk to as well. He's very good at his craft. Yeah, no, he's a fun guy. Yeah, it's so easy. He is so easy to talk to and so easy to like get an idea done and expanded on like yeah he's very cool he's, he's got like a really cool grasp on 90s pop culture especially like nerdy stuff so i really enjoy like chatting to him or sending each other dumb voice messages little skits of ideas that we have well that's cool man so what what else is coming up is there something you working on something uh, i am working on the second album so yeah i've been doing heaps of collabs for this new album that's coming out i think i just caught the bug of collaboration I think just talking to people and seeing what other people were doing, I was like, oh, this would be cool to have you on here, or I'd like to have you play saxophone, or have you sing on this song, and it just turned into this cool collaboration album, kind of like those Christmas albums when famous people get together and do, like, money raising or charity stuff at the end of the year, yeah, yeah. so yeah. That's fun. Yeah, it's been, it's pretty cool, it's it's sick. Are you good at uh, all the uh, keeping track of things, you know, like when you're collaborating with people and you have to keep on sending emails back and forth and stuff is that fun for you is it fun no uh, no am i good at it also no <laughs> yeah it's just terrible i uh, like it's hard to keep track of everyone because everyone's in different time zones you know like people are in america east coast west coast people are in like canada people are in japan it's just hard to sort of line up but there's no real rush on the album so i don't really mind it too much i'm just kind of chipping away at it and having a good time and calypso drip fm was the same like i worked on that album for so long and it wasn't until right at the end where things kind of all lined up and then i was like okay if i have to shoot my shot i have to do it here and then it kind of all rushed at the end and it turned out well turned out good so i assume that's going to be the same for the second album i'm just gonna chill out and let it uh sort of like grow organically and see how it happens and then i'm sure it'll be a rush to the finish line when i release it so yeah but i hope people like it it's a bit different it's a bit new like I didn't want to do the same synthwave thing, so just do a little weird 70s prog rock sort of thing with it, so yeah. Ooh, well that sounds intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> you do like the goofy voice and I think you're going to say something afterwards and then there's just a bit of silence. I just like to prod people with silliness and then see what happens. Yeah, it just it freaks me out a little bit and I, I kind of like it. It kind of makes me feel feel good. The point is that uh, you make cool music and uh, keep it up. Yeah, I will. I'll make more stuff and I'll do more albums and yeah it'd be cool to see what happens next like Synthwave's really cool to like look to and see what all the really high end artists like it looks like Ollie Ride in the midnight you see where they're going and then you see like other people who aren't as prolific and you see what they're doing and it's cool to see Synthwave go in all these different directions like Synthwave will never like peter out people will still be doing it for ages I reckon so. yeah and it makes me happy so that's uh, I'm just a fan of cool music so I'm happy as well 
when artists sort of, you know, even if they start doing synthwave, but then sort of evolve into different things. Yeah. I mean, that's fun too. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a purist. I like electronic music, so I do like when there is some element of uh, oh, synthesizers yeah. and stuff in there. But uh, you know, it's more fun when people experiment and, and surprise me. So that's oh yeah, absolutely, yeah yeah. All right, well look, listen, you have a lovely Australian day. I will. Thanks very much. Cheers. I don't know if there's anything else to say for like have a have a nice day, but yeah, I'll have a good arvo. There you go. That's one. Is that short for something? Yeah, afternoon. <laughs> I should have figured that out. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, we don't want to say the three syllables of afternoon, so we'll just say the two syllables of arvo. But I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. I don't want to spend any more time no, on yeah, it. That's right. Because every week there's a people, someone gets torn apart by crocodiles in North Queensland. <laughs> Oh, it's such a good segue. It I'm is amazing. Just use it. I'm just gonna, I'm just going to use it in real life conversations. Yes, I, I got to start doing that as well. But I, I guess I need like a Canadian reference. Yeah, I actually don't know any Canadian references. Well, we don't have any crocodiles. No, you have moose. We have yeah, moose. moose. Yeah. What's the collective plural for moose? Collective plural? Uh, yeah. Moose, I believe. Is it just moose? Yeah, moose is its own plural. Oh, okay. So it's just moose. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is so fun. It's good, it's good. All right, well, look, I'm going to hang up on you now. Yeah, do it. Uh, keep on being cool, make cool music, we'll play it on the show. Uh, I look forward to hearing more, and yeah, man. All right, ciao. Thank you so much. All right, and that was my conversation with Griff. I had uh, fun chatting with him. We actually had like a two-hour conversation before we hit record. We got all uh, sidetracked into uh, nerd discussion and stuff like that. But we still had a good time, and it was it was good. I felt very drained because we we talked for something like fucking three hours or something. <laughs> This always happens, too, where I'm just like, maybe I should have been recording that. But then I would have had more to edit, and then this show would have come out in a month. So look, thanks for being cool. Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. More shows on the way. If you enjoy the show, uh, don't forget to support it. Like our awesome new patrons this week, Tiber83, Lucky13, and Valter. And uh, you can be cool like them. If you head over to uh, patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can go to beyondsynth.com and click on the PayPal button and uh, there's lots of fun things you can do uh, if you think a fun thing is giving money to Beyond Synth. And uh, on that note, have a lovely week, and I think possibly before the next episode comes out, Starfield is out, correct? I'm thinking of streaming Starfield when I get it, like right from the beginning. I've been needing an excuse to uh, do some game streaming on Twitch, and I think I'm going to do it from moment one of playing Starfield. So keep an eye on the Beyond Synth Twitch, if I got my dates right. Maybe I don't. Anyways, look, I got to go. Okay? Uh, This has been Beyond Synth. You keep being cool and tune in next time uh, right here where we uh, have cool chats with cool people. It's the best Synthwave chat show there is. Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you. Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Thanks for listening.